The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. I could not be more excited to speak with you this evening. I have had an amazing day reading the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers by Annie Kagan. And the reason this is so profound is all of you know that I've released my own book a couple of weeks ago called Conversations with the Universe. And it talks about how the universe continually speaks to us through the world and the many different ways that it does. And it has this ongoing dialogue of what came through me to share with the world. And the whole time I was writing that book and I was waiting for it to be published, there was a part of me that was so uh, nervous about how people would receive this because it is very different information and it is expansive and not everyone understands that information can come in a lot of different ways. And so as I read this book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, today, I found myself weeping at times because there was such a resonance. There were so many words that came through that, that were the truth. That were It was almost as if these were two companion texts that were written at the same time, meant to come out at the same time, one being proof for the other, just so that if you had any doubt, any skepticism, you would understand that these messages are coming in from more than one place. So I strongly, strongly urge you to get Annie's book, because it is absolutely wonderful. And if you like a story that's written like a novel that really draws you in, that is exactly what this is going to do. But it is going to share with you so many truths and allow you to understand what really happens when we pass over and what our lives truly mean. When William Cohen, also known as Billy Fingers, woke his sister Annie at dawn a few weeks after his death, she thought she was dreaming. He says, it's me, darling, it's Billy. I'm drifting weightlessly through gorgeous stars and galaxies, and I feel a divine presence, a kind, loving, beneficent presence twinkling all around me. Death isn't as serious as you think it is. So far, it's very enjoyable. Couldn't be better, really. In one of the longest, most detailed after-death communications ever recorded, Billy Fingers takes his sister on an unprecedented journey through the mysteries of death. His ongoing account of his celestial adventures in the afterlife is vividly recounted in Annie Kagan's book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death. So I'd like to welcome Annie Kagan to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Annie. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, Simran. This is really not only a beautifully written book, but it just illustrates so much of what I believe in, what I talk about in terms of 
symbols and signs and messages and the manners and ways that things come to us, you had Billy speaking to you, guiding you to these things, but they also would have shown up. They, they have come forward or they came forward in proof to other people as signs and symbols. Talk a little bit about, as this experience began, how you let yourself believe that this was real. Right. Well, this is an experience I never expected to happen. Uh, a few weeks after my brother died, he woke me up and started giving me wisdom from the other side and also telling me where he was. And he understood that I was very skeptical. I never expected somebody to be speaking to me from another dimension, especially not Billy, who was someone who had different problems with addiction and didn't do really well at life. And here he showed up and he's giving me this wisdom. And um, the second time he showed up, he promised me that he would give me proof that he wasn't just my imagination because I thought maybe somehow my mind is creating this event. Even though I didn't hear him in my mind, I heard him outside of my mind as if he was speaking to me through a hole in the ceiling. I... um, I was very skeptical, and so he promised to give me proof, and he did. He gave me a proof over and over again that he was indeed real, and he did this by giving me something called evidentiary after-death communications, which means he gave me information that I couldn't possibly know, and in every case, it turned out that the clue had meaning or was true. And after several of these, because it took several, it wasn't one or two, but after he did this consistently, I knew that these these communications were real and valid. And he chose to allow this proof in a way that it touched people that were close to you so that you had to see that this was very accurate, that it really involved him knowing details about people that you could not have possibly known, that he could not have possibly known, but that even caught these individuals by surprise so that they too would have to realize something bigger was going on here. Exactly, and he did it with the people who were closest to me, the people who became my support network, because for quite a while I only told a very small group of people about Billy. Actually, at first I didn't tell anybody. Um, I had learned that when you're having a spiritual experience, you really should keep it private. And um, But it was something I just couldn't keep to myself. And he did touch the lives of those around me by giving me information about them that I didn't know that proved to be correct, that there was no way for me to know. So I think he did that with the, with the, uh, with the goal of helping create a little supportive network around me. 
And I think that that is so how the universe works. It, it really is. And in many places in the book, especially midway and towards the end, Billy talks about being the universe and how we are the universe. And that's what I speak about in my own book, that we really get a lot of the signs and the symbols in a way that they keep tapping so that we have the proof that we need, so that we can believe in something, because we are doubters. We are innately negative and, and, and can't fathom that there is something that is that beautiful and bountiful and big watching over us, even That's though so we well say put. we want to have the faith that it exists. That's so well put. And um, there's a distinction between our minds... There's a point, I think Billy says something like, you know, we're really all eternal. And we say, oh, yeah, I believe that. I believe we go on. But, you know, we really don't understand it with our minds. And so, you know, we say, oh, yeah, it sounds good, but but cellularly in our deepest selves, we, we don't believe it. We have to have the experience of it. And, you know, that's what he did. He kept giving me the experience of it, and then my mind would kick in and say, no, no, no. No matter how much proof I got, you know, when I would get into the space of my mind, it would it would doubt. And he said, you know, it's something much bigger than the mind that can understand all of this. Well, what I did love about Billy's um, writing also was when you went into your places, just like I did, about doubting, sharing information that was going to seem a little out there to a lot of people, Billy expressed that it was for you to just do and release it and leave it up to people as to whether or not they wanted to believe, whether they wanted to open their minds, or whether they wanted to doubt. But at least it was out there for them to make a choice. And I think that is such a profound statement that was made in the book. Yeah, he instructed me that it was not my job to try to convince anybody of anything. And that was a big relief because everyone needs to have their own experience. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting myself out as an authority. I'm just taking the reader by the hand and taking the reader along on the trip with me. And what's really cool, uh, like what you're saying, is they, they actually wind up going on the trip and having their own experience. And it seems that everyone is having their own different experience. So, you know, I don't, I don't need to try to control somebody else's reaction. They can believe whatever they want. By the time Annie Kagan's 62-year-old brother died, he was homeless. So everything he owned was in his pockets. And he had left things very neat and tidy for her with just a few things that she would be able to claim. Over the past years, Annie had done everything she could to help Billy. There were hospitals, rehab, psychiatrists, clinics. Nothing had worked. And his struggle became a black hole that sucked her into his own chaos to the point where she couldn't take it anymore and asked that he stop calling. Many people would judge Billy's experience as a life that had gone awry, someone that had maybe wasted their experience, someone that had fallen into addiction and was someone that society could not save. 
But as Billy goes into the afterlife, he explains to us that there are no mistakes, that every life has its purpose, and that there are also many ways to see the different trajectories that we could live. When Billy speaks about the afterlife, he says that the first thing that happens is bliss. At least it was like that in his case. He doesn't know if that's the way it is for everyone that dies. But as soon as the car hit him, this energy came and sucked him right out of his body and into a higher realm. He uses the word higher because he felt a feeling of rising up and suddenly all of his pain was gone. He didn't remember hovering over the body or looking down on it or anything like that. He was pretty anxious to get out of that body and he knew that he was dead. He wasn't even aware of traveling at any particular speed. He just felt light and unburdened as the sucking motion drew him up inside a chamber of thick silvery blue lights. People who have near-death experiences sometimes stay, they go through a tunnel. He uses the word chamber because a tunnel has sides, but no matter what direction he looked, there was nothing but light as far as he could see. He had a one-way ticket, and theirs was round trip. Even though he didn't have his body anymore, he felt as if he did, and he felt as if he was healed. He went into the chamber, and the lights penetrated him, making him feel better as they pulled him up. It's beautifully written. His words make you feel that he's right there with you. And it's very personal, allowing you to understand that there need, no, need be no need of fear of death and that you can understand that not only is there an afterlife, but there is an afterlife that really allows you to understand the present life and we are only here to live. This is the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death by Annie Kagan. I urge you to definitely get your copy and Allow yourself to open up to something. This is a fascinating page-turner filled with wisdom, humor, and hope, and it will forever change your views about life, death, and the hereafter. If you could have one gift, it would be to find the glory inside yourself, beyond the roles and the drama, so that you can dance and dance the game of life with a little more rhythm, a little more abandon, and a little more shaking those hips. That is from the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. So definitely get your copy. And while you're at it, pick up a copy of Mind Conversations with the Universe. I guarantee you these are two companion texts. One will let you know that it is proof for the other, and then you really can't say that it doesn't happen. You'll just start <laughs> looking for the signs and symbols in your own life. We'll be right back with Annie Kagan and The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Is there something in the air? Is there a conversation happening? Is there a consciousness awakening? I think that something is in the air because there are more and more books, more and more people talking about the expansiveness that we are. Books such as The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. Annie Kagan began writing songs at the age of 14, and at 15 she was signed by a producer from Columbia Records. At 16 she was performing in New York City cafes and clubs. After 10 years as a songwriter and performer, Annie returned to college, graduating with honors and becoming a doctor of chiropractic with a successful practice on Manhattan's Upper East Side. Attracted to Eastern spiritual traditions, Annie studied yoga and pursued an intense meditation practice. Following her inner voice, she left her career as a doctor and abandoned her hectic life in search of serenity in a small house on the bay on the tip of Long Island. Annie returned to songwriting, collaborating with Grammy and Emmy Award-winning producer Brian Keane. Brian's high regard for her lyrics inspired Annie to join a writer's workshop. While writing her first novel, her brother Billy died unexpectedly and began speaking to her from her from the afterlife. She is excited to bring together her talents as a lyricist, performer, and healer in order to touch the lives of others with Billy's communications from the other side. You can find out more about Annie at AnnieKagan.com. That's A-N-N-I-E-K-A-G-A-N. Not only are there books coming out, and is it not only at this time, it has been messages and information that has been thrown out for quite a while. Are We the Universe is a YouTube video that is mentioned in the book by late astronomer Carl Sagan. He describes how we're all made of star stuff, how billions of years ago the elements of our bodies were formed with stars, and how our desire to explore the cosmos is really a longing to return to our celestial origins. Well, that's exactly what Billy talks about. He talks about being the universe, being the stars, the heavens, the planets, each one of us, and universes even finding themselves, seeing the soul of one another in each other as they move forward. We are more than we believe ourselves to be. Can we open our minds that much to allow that inside? You know, Annie, we we were talking during the break, and I had mentioned that putting out my own book and probably... Putting out my second book is, is, is the one that I am a little bit more, uh, having a little more trepidation about because it really pushes a lot of buttons for a lot of people and it's stretching uh, what people are going to think. And so I keep contemplating as, as I'm writing it and having this information come through of, my goodness, you know, people are either going to really take this in and start to realize who they are or this could create huge controversy. And you spoke about your reasons for considering whether or not to release this book uh, because you didn't want to give up the sacredness of the experience you were having with Billy. Talk a little bit about that, about what the experience itself was really for um, you. It was a very private, intimate communication, and it meant so much to me. And I was sure there would be a lot of people who were skeptical 
of course, there was some image involved where I didn't want to be seen as, you know, the crazy woman who thinks she's talking to her dead brother. And I've gotten some of that. Um, but I think even more than that, I'm, I'm so private and my experiences are so private and I've meditated for years and it was just about my experience with myself. So bringing it out was, was such a challenge with Simran. I'm sure the same thing has happened to you where the first time I, the first time I ever told a stranger about Billy, because there was only a handful of friends that knew, I was actually away from home getting a massage, and I, I guess I was very relaxed. And um, I decided while I was face down to tell him about Billy. And when the massage was finished, I got up and he looked at him, and there were tears streaming down his face. And he confided that his young sister, who he was so close with, had just died a few months ago. She hadn't even been sick. She just got sick really quickly. And that he was sure that somehow she had sent me to him to let him know that she was okay. And that kind of thing happened over and over again. And when that happens, you just know that you don't have the right to really keep it private. That I feel like my Billy story belongs to everyone. Because if Billy could come through and if I'm able to hear him, whether or not other people are able to to really hear their their loved ones. If Billy exists, they all exist. Everybody's soul is eternal. So I just came to the conclusion that this is not just for me. Well, and what was so beautiful about that particular part of the book is not only did you show up as the messenger for this uh, young man, but he had likely asked for something. He had likely asked for a sign or a symbol or a message or something to make sure his sister was okay. And that is how the conversation of the universe came through. It came through you. It came through the story that had to come. And there are places in the book where you say to Billy, give me some kind of sign right now so that I can see. And all of a sudden, either a a dog, uh, Mitzi, I believe, shows up just like your dog that you used to have when you were a child or, you know, your your mother tells you a story about the oyster and the pearl just to prove that that's taking place. When we ask for that to come, it does show up. It It is given to us because that is the love of the universe. Yes, and I think people need to be very open-minded about how these symbols appear. Because it could be in, in something that you completely don't expect. Someone was telling me they they smell perfume. First they were telling me they, they had no signs. Then they were telling me, oh, they just smell perfume, their mother's perfume at certain moments. Or um, a song that comes on or a number like 1111. And um, Billy calls it the quantum ballroom. He says, you know... <laughs> Come to the quantum ballroom. Come on, put on your most beautiful clothes and 
dance, your most beautiful dance, and just allow yourself to come in and believe for a minute. And the more that you do, the more experiences you will begin to have. And that's just it. You know, the the conversations, the symbols, the signs, they show up in many different ways. And I think for you, part of what your soul needed, part of what your experience required, part of um, the the solace that Billy could give to you um, was to come through in that way. And and just like you said, our communications will come in different ways. You know, I see 1111 all the time. That is how I communicate along with other signs and symbols. So I do want people to understand that if it's not coming from a loved one, as in your case, it is coming from something and they just need only be aware. And if they can't fully believe, just allow, okay, perhaps it's possible so that they can at least be open. Yeah, I mean, we're having this conversation now. The thing is that when you read Billy's words, it's very different because he's he's speaking from a higher level and his words actually have kind of like light in them. So I feel that his actual words are able to turn a little key to the kingdom and open people up in a way that I'm not really able to. And maybe after that little opening happens, you're more open like you say, like the title of your book, to, to you know, having conversations with the universe. Well, and that's the thing, because as I read through your book, that was what I definitely felt. I felt energetically as you read the passages that Billy has, has spoken, that there are things that are opening up within people. And it can be in a very subtle way. A person may not even feel it or know it, but just taking in the information is allowing a greater awareness within the mind. It is, it is just unlocking some of the blocks that exist within our mind from our own conditioning or from our own limited thinking. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. He always says, you know, human beings make up stuff and then they believe it. So yeah, clean I out your that. beliefs every <laughs> now and then. That's just it. We make up a lot of stuff. <laughs> we make up a whole lot of stuff and believe it, and that's probably part of our problem. It definitely. That he, he writes that if there's one thing worth doing on our planet, it is discovering self-love. And he says discovering instead of learning, because learning implies you're starting from zero, but the truth is you already love yourself. When you're born... When the amnesia happens, you forget your magnificence and you think you have to earn the right to be loved. How can you earn what already belongs to you? Mm. And that is such an important lesson for so many people because I think we do get into that place of trying to learn how to do love, learn how to receive love, and it is just already innate within us. That's so beautiful, and I really love that because we all feel that we have to look a certain way, be a certain way in order to be loved. And the truth is, sometimes it's like that on earth with other people, but not with yourself, right? You you can love yourself just exactly as you are. And that's why I think Billy is a really good symbol because Billy did so many things that people would consider mistakes. 
and he didn't have, you know, this perfect life. And what he what he's learning to do in the afterlife is just uncover uncover his self love just by being loved by the higher beings whose keeping he's in. He receives true unconditional love and begins to feel that way towards himself through receiving love. Everyone on earth is eternal, but they don't know it. They may sort of believe it, but they don't know it. That's because it's too much to know. Eternity is not a concept the mind can grasp. You can try to imagine it, but then not being able to experience it, your mind says, yeah, I think it's a terrific story, maybe true, but ultimately it rejects what it cannot understand. That's because it isn't your mind that can grasp all of this. It's something much bigger and more real than your mind. What's the shortest distance between two points? The quickest way to get from here to there? Is it a straight line? Not really, because you're already in both places. People say you can't be in two places at the same time, but they're wrong. Wherever you want to go, you're already there. And wherever you don't want to go, you're already there too. Quantum requires keeping your focus on where you want to go. What's a quantum leap? It means a change in perspective. And that's a powerful thing. It means the way you see something can actually change that something. These are Billy's words from the book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death, written by Annie Kagan. You can find out more about her at AnnieKagan.com, and we'll be right back for more of this beautiful conversation. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. 
Before we get back to my guest, Annie Kagan, I do want to mention that 1111 Magazine is my gift to humanity. You can have a free lifetime subscription. Just go to my website, simran-sing.com, and you can fill out uh, the information to start receiving that. It is always filled with such beautiful articles submitted by people from all over the world, along with features on different books or CDs or movies that I truly feel are impacting humanity in a beautiful way. So definitely allow yourself that gift. It is a full sensory experience, and it is my heart and soul and gift to you. Also, you can also access all archives on 1111 Talk Radio. There are so many amazing interviews with brilliant voices, and they are timeless. So feel free to utilize any of the archives as tools to continue your own growth and evolution, or just to have a lift in your day whenever you need it. One of my favorite parts of the book, The Afterlife of Billy Singers by Annie Kagan, was where he would keep saying to her, the world is your oyster, the world is your oyster. And he wrote uh, about that and what that oyster really symbolizes. And when he talks about making pearls, he says, You'd like to just la-di-da through life, easy does it, instead of being stuck with a sandy oyster. If I give you Billy's prescription for making pearls, would you like that? Yes, I know the irritation doesn't feel good, but without it, there would be no pearl. Don't focus too much on the irritation. Try to relax about the sand. If you deal with the sand creatively, you'll have a gorgeous treasure. To be a pearl maker, your oyster needs a good, strong shell to protect you from 100 million irritants in your environment. Your shell helps you to tell one grain of sand from the other. You know which one can become a pearl and which one isn't worth the irritation. If you become a really smart oyster with a good shell, you can live life with more abandon because you don't have to worry so much about the sand. There's that sand again. It always happens when you take a big bite out of the ocean. And I'll spit most of it out and won't be too concerned about the rest. And that's really what life is, is as an experience, is we encounter so many things that feel like that irritating sand, just different circumstances that show up out of the blue that we want to really focus on as the crises or tragedy or turmoil in our lives. And oftentimes we forget what Billy's trying to say, which is some of that is taking place so that we, number one, step into more creativity, but that we allow that pearl to come through that. And I would think that throughout his own life, he had so many obstacles where he may not have seen it in the moment, but from where he was, now he could truly see that and give that wisdom back to the earth through this book. Yeah, what was so amazing is uh, one of the hunts that he sent me on, one of the clues led me to journals that he had written in the last years of his life, and they were very, very difficult years because his addictions were kicking in and he was very much alone. And all of the entries in the journal were written to God. And so what I learned was he was really, really, really close to God. And two things popped out at me right away. One was he talked about the fact that he really wanted to write a book, a spiritual mm. book full of truth that would help people and also entertain them and be humorous, which which is what he's done. And the other thing 
which totally blew my mind, is he's talking about the pearl and the oyster when he was alive, in the same way that he's talking about it after he's in the afterlife, which is nothing he ever spoke to me about. Mm. So that was also amazing confirmation. There's no way that, you know, that that can be explained. And I think that, you know, the message that we would like to just la-di-da through life, we all all would rather just have it easy. But sometimes if you don't have the irritation, then you don't have the opportunity to make the pearl. But what I love that he also says is that it's really natural for people to prefer pleasure over pain. That's part of the plan. That's part of the experiment. That's part of making the pearl. Well, and the beauty of I think there are a couple of things out of that. Number one, it just illustrates that all possibility exists. You know, I think so often we go through life thinking we're going to run out of time, we're not going to be able to do certain things, we have certain desires. But Billy illustrates that he got what he wanted in the end anyway. He wanted to write a book. He wanted to do other things. He wanted to experience love. He wanted to experience an intimate union with his creator. And in the end, all of that happened. That possibility actually occurred. So we really don't have anything to worry about, but we do allow ourselves to go into those places. Yes, and he says, you know, there's a phase that he goes through a really beautiful phase called Becoming the Universe and um, where he is kind of letting go of his identity because Billy very much retains his identity. He lets go of his identity and he blends into the cosmos and he absorbs the divine qualities of intelligence and compassion and wisdom. And then he kind of comes back together and reconstitutes, and um, that's such beautiful, beautiful message for us. That you know we're so much more than 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 we think we are. But he also says that you know if he hadn't gone through the difficult times, if he hadn't really learned to stand on his own in those difficult times, he wouldn't have been ready for that for that phase. So, you know, not everybody gets to go to a place of of such independence. So when you when you experience hardship, just know that you know, it's it's amazing training, but it may not it may not feel good. Billy says, "How can I say that you are the universe?" because I have become as small as the smallest quantum particle and as big as the multitude of galaxies that exist in space. I was always like that, really. I just didn't know it. And also as everyone else. Look at the pictures of the universe. Then close your eyes and imagine those stars, clouds, comets, and galaxies inside and all around you. When you turn your attention to the limitless, the irritation seems small compared to the sun and the moon and the stars. When you imagine the infinite, you're touched by your infinite self. The same intelligence that grows trees from seeds, that lets birds fly, that waves the ocean and gives birth to new stars, that same intelligence also breathes your breath, beats your heart, and heals your wounds. 
and he just I, I love I love what he says. It just resonates so much. It's just like, you know, it's it's I'm saying it's just our books are like companion texts because it just really it, it illustrates the message that the universe is trying to get through so many channels to really let individuals know they are that. They are, they are that beauty that the universe is and nothing less. They literally are that. Every single cell, every single bit of carbon and calcium and iron that runs through us literally is part of the universe. It's not just a poetic image. So one of the things that Billy does is, you know, he he tells you to look at pictures of the universe on the computer, like the Hubble telescope site is a really beautiful example. And just forget about your problems for a minute and just picture those universes deep inside you and all around you and take that trip. And then when you come back, the things that usually seem so difficult and huge will seem a little bit smaller to you, a little bit less important compared to the to the vastness of the stars and the moon and also the vastness of who you really are. Because sometimes on Earth, you know, we're, we feel kind of squeezed into the human experience. But we're much more. We're much more than our circumstances. And I think Billy helps you connect with that. Most definitely. Another one of the topics that I really like that he writes about is he explains that he had gone through so much that he literally had released and surrendered so much in his last months of living that when he passed, he went to a higher level um, because he didn't really have the attachments that a lot of people have or he didn't have the belief systems that a lot of people have when it comes to either religion or where he was supposed to go and that there are different levels based on what we believe will happen that there are levels that if a person believes in heaven, they will experience something like heaven. If a person believes they're going to see their loved ones, they go to a level where they see their loved ones. So I think it's also very comforting what he shares because it removes some of the fear of death, which I think is one of the greatest fears that exists on the planet. Yeah, I think that the fear of death underlies so many things. And Heaven is, a, as he says, it's a very accommodating place. So most people see their loved ones um, right after they die. And that's wonderful. And a lot of people live out their beliefs that accounts for, you know, people having NDEs and some people will see one spiritual leader and somebody else will see something else. And it's because of your beliefs. But Billy goes to a level that's more objective because he wasn't clinging to a lot of beliefs. And he really wasn't even clinging to wanting to see anybody. He he was just diving right for the pure light. He he was he just wanted to go straight to the source. Death gives you a fresh start, just like sleep does. We don't usually think of death as a start, but that's what it is. Whatever so-called mistakes you've made, it doesn't matter now because there's always another chance, another lifetime even, to try something different. And don't worry, 
so-called mistakes are okay. They're just part of the deal. After you're dead, everything is actually more alive. Take, for instance, my own book of life, given to me by Joseph, that dazzling silver-haired man I met under the blue-white sphere. Although I'm calling it a book, it doesn't have pages or words. It's more like an oscillating rainbow. I'm calling it a book because that implies a gathering together of information. Also, Book of Life has a nice ring to it. Before each soul comes to Earth, its own personal edition of the Book of Life is written. Life on your planet is about dramas that change you. Isn't it funny that most people are scared of change when changing is the double fudge frosting on the top of the cake of life? This is from the book The Afterlife of Billy Fingers by Annie Kagan. I urge you to get this book and to find out more about her. And you can go to AnnieKagan.com. That's A-N-N-I-E-K-A-G-A-N.com. We'll be right back after these messages. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Before we get back to my beautiful guest, Annie Kagan, and her wonderful bad boy brother, Billy Fingers, I want to make certain that you know about the Rebel Road Tour that is taking place. I was given a message and inspired to create a one-woman show filled with humor, spiritual humor, song, and storytelling, and take that to 66 cities across North America. So I hope that you will engage and find out about this. The Rebel Road Tour is about going against the grain, letting go of all of the excuses in your life so that you truly live your dreams. This is a message that was given to me by the universe to really take out there and allow everyone to understand how we imprison ourselves in our own lives by the things that you at least think we do that with. So definitely connect to therebelroad.com. That's therebelroad.com. You'll find out a list of the cities, and I look forward to seeing you when I come to an area near you. 
My guest today is Amy Kagan, and she has written The Afterlife of the Wikingers. And this is an amazing story of how her bad boy brother passes away and then communicates from the other side. Although all beings come from the same source within each individual blossom, within our differences lies the pleasure of creation. In its multitudinous glory, glorious playfulness, the infinite creates diversity, so there are many soul tribes. Each tribe has its special explorations to undertake on earth. Your soul tribe isn't about the country or race, religion, or family. When you meet someone from your soul tribe, you feel somehow already that you know that person. Other tribes are unfamiliar, but they bring gifts of new knowledge and wisdom. That's so powerful, Annie. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to learn that there's room for all beliefs and all different paths to the source. And it explains why, you know, one way is just as good as another. One of the one of the things that causes so many problems on earth is that everybody has this need for their way to be the right way. But the concept of soul tribes makes room for many different ways. And also, although some people are very, very close to their families, some people feel more alone in the world. And I think it's very comforting to know that you have a tribe where you will feel known and loved and like you're part of part of everyone there. So that's one of my favorite parts of the book as well, Simran. Billy writes that many elaborate symbols appear throughout my book of life. They're written in a language I've never learned but seem to know intimately. My beloved Joseph and I are from the tribe Lahana, and these symbols are our tribe's wisdom formulas. Each human being carries out divine experiments in the conditions that Earth has to offer. The Holy Grail of the mythological journey of human incarnation is the wisdom formulas. It, it's it's beautifully written. I just love the, the poetic nature that, that he speaks in as well. And it comes through with such love. It's very gentle and tender in the way that Billy wants the information to come forward. It's not shoved down the throat. It's really just presented to say, this is, this is what I'm experiencing. This is where I am. This is amazing what we are. And I think that that... That is something that all of us need to realize, that there is more going on than we have allowed ourselves to believe, that we, that we have said we have faith in something, but we haven't fathomed the expanse of that thing that we have faith in, or the fact that it is us, or the fact that it truly is loving and good. Yes, and one of the things that was so amazing to me is he's talking about Lohana, Lohana tribe, and then in his uh, modern way, he tells me to Google it. And when I Google it, I find out that it really was an ancient tribe, Lohana, Mm -hmm. and uh, I believe it was Rama um, who was the head of the tribe. And what's really interesting is that as Billy goes on his trip, and, and Lohana's originated in India, that there were so many symbols of India and and goddesses and names of of Indian deities that come up for, for him. So that was pretty mind blowing proof for me 
that he would give me uh, names in ancient languages that I didn't know and they would prove to be correct. Or he would describe music and then he would point me to a piece written by a composer and it would be an exact mirror of what he was talking about. So those kind of things really opened my mind to what he was saying, to take them in, that there was there was validity to it. This wasn't just my imagination. This was divine wisdom coming to me from a very unusual, unconventional source. Well, and the other thing that I think is very interesting is that he was able to then look back at his life and that it was a holograph that he could actually see every step of the way, all of the choices, why he made those choices, or even how people felt. He could see you grieving or your mother grieving uh, when it was time that he passed. And it was an opportunity for then him to also reconcile and understand different things along with different what different choices would have resulted out as. So it's not like we lose anything here on earth if we make one choice versus another because when we go there, according to Billy, we actually have kind of a TV screen that we can look at any of the trajectories of choices that one would have had. Yeah, it's like you get to live out your unexperienced experiences. So if there's someone you were thinking about marrying and then you go, oh, wow, what would it have been like if I was with that person, you get to live out that life or a different profession. You get to be that profession. But what's so profound is that after he's watching this holograph, a hologram, after after a while, he says, you know, after a while, I'm just, I'm tired of looking back on things. It's so much more exciting to be right here, right now, in the moment, because all roads in our life lead to the moment. That's that's where it's all happening, the moment. Mm. Although all beings come from the same source within each individual blossom, within our differences, lies the pleasure of creation. In its multitudinous, glorious playfulness, the infinite creates diversity. So there are so many soul tribes. Each tribe has its special explorations to undertake on earth. Remember that passage because you are an individual blossom with your differences here to play in the pleasure of creation. I urge you to get this book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. Let yourself take in Billy's words and understand that these messages came through Annie and Billy to help to guide humanity at this time when we are at a place where we can now open our minds, open our hearts, and open our all possibility into discovering truly who we are. Go to AnnieKagan.com and you'll find out more about Annie and all of the things that she does. The Afterlife of Billy Fingers is available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com along with various booksellers nationwide. So again, you can visit AnnieKagan.com or you can also visit AfterlifeOfBillyFingers.com. In addition, while you're there and you're ordering her book, I do urge you to also order Conversations with the Universe, my new book. I think you're going to find a lot of resonance between the two. It is amazing to me how we both came through with information that is so supportive to one another's books. So definitely get your copy of Conversations with the Universe. When you do so, I have created some support tools for all readers, and they are free to you. You can go to conversationswiththeuniverse.com, and you'll receive your two meditations, a video series, 
uh, 30 days of a wake-up call in addition to your lifetime free subscription of 1111 Magazine. Annie, it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you and Billy on 1111 Talk Radio. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me as your guest. Absolutely. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. We'll be right back.